And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. I am joined today by my twice-monthly guest, a regular staple, the mayor of Denver Springs. Good morning, sir. Please introduce yourself. Good morning, McHugh. Good to be here again. This is visit number four. Yes. So I'm Gerard Landry, the mayor of Denham Springs. We are getting on a roll here uh, in the Livingston Parish News studio. And the last three times, we spent most of our time talking <laughs> about drainage. Today, we're going to talk about something a little different. I hope you guys find it interesting because it is a conversation uh, that goes beyond just the subject uh, property that we're going to talk about today. But we're talking about an annexation. Uh, the city recently approved uh, an annexation appeal from a property owner. It still has to go to the parish, so we'll talk a bit about the process and a couple other issues with it as well. But first, a little bit of good news, like we like to start off every time. Springfest was a hit. Oh my gosh, the weather uh, the weather cooperated. There was a little bit of fear early in the day, and uh, I think we had of 160 vendors, about six or eight were no shows, probably because they had some distance to drive to get here, so it was raining at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and they chose not to participate. We understand totally, but my gosh, we think we had close to 10,000 people there. So oh, it was, yeah. It was a wonderful day. It was a great event. People were so excited to be outdoors again. Uh, of course, you know, we've missed uh, the, both of them, the spring and the fall fest that we had last year. So the vendors were happy. The citizens were happy. A lot of music playing uh, and the food being served, and it was just a great day for all A lot of great smells. Missed those yeah. fair <laughs> smells, fair yeah. food, right? Exactly. Uh, and of course, want to remind folks next uh, Thursday is Cinco de Mayo. A um, little bit more low key as we've talked about, but just want to remind folks that there'll be another opportunity to get out and about, go enjoy some food. Uh, Poppies will be having their usual deal, but they're the only ones inside the sin limits, correct? That is correct. And then we also don't forget we have the marriage prayer breakfast. Yes. Thursday morning, 630 at the Council on Aging. Okay. And our guest speaker this year is going to be Clarence Bugs. So we're excited to have him join us and our pastors to pray for all of our uh, citizens and for all the aspects of our community, schools and churches and, you know, businesses and government. So we're, we're excited to have that. So no tickets, just come 630, bring an appetite and be ready for some prayer. And that, again, that'll be on the count at the council on aging, which is next to what was flooded city hall. What is now almost a full fledged pavilion. Boy, that thing looks so nice too, doesn't it? It the, does. Big, big, huge timbers and, and the wood ceiling, the fans were installed this week. And landscaping is coming up next, so we're excited for people to get out there and start utilizing that. Uh, another park, yep. but another opportunity for us to enjoy the outdoors and gather as a community. But I can just think that you, know, you can have birthday parties there. You know, the civic organizations can have fundraisers, get-togethers, whatever they want to do. So we just kind of ask that maybe just call the city. and uh, it's, This is not going to be by reservation only, but at least call Joan LeBlanc at the city. Say, look, is anybody using the park this weekend that you know of? And then you can plan your event and go forward from there. And again, that's at the corner of uh, Mayor Herbert Hoover, and why can't I think of government? It? Government, yes, mm -hmm. uh, that was government, or it is government. Street. Right, nine forty-one, I think, is the number. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's at nine forty-one Government Street. Uh, the kids' corner is right there on the corner of Government Street and River Road. Council on Aging, and then that on the next corner. So again, getting back into it today, we're talking about annexation. Y'all, uh, that would be the city and the city council. Uh, had an appeal from a property owner just outside the eastern city limits uh, wanting to be annexed. So why don't you walk us through some of the background of that? Certainly. So the request came from New Covenant Baptist Church. It's about a 29-acre piece of property that they had purchased several years ago with the hopes of building a new facility there. 
for whatever reason, it's just it just hasn't materialized, and they they chose to stay in the current location and remodel it, and they have started that process, and it looks significantly better than it has in the past. Yeah. So that property has been for sale for a while, and Brandon Thompson purchased, I think, five acres of it and built their new funeral home right there. And so that the remaining 29 acres uh, has been for sale. And uh, so Fred Banks and the Denham Springs Housing Authority has approached the uh, New Covenant Church and asked if they could purchase it for the Denham Springs Housing Authority. They, they got together, they talked and negotiated a deal, went to the real estate folks, and they have a purchase agreement, and everything's contingent upon being able to, to annex that piece of property into the city because the housing project has to be within the city limits. It was decades ago when it was formed, and that was one of the criteria that uh, uh, HUD required. So of the 29 acres, about nine and a half acres was already in the city limits. So it's just a matter of annexing the balance of that piece of property into the city, and then we can execute the sale, and uh, HUD can, and FEMA officers, I should say, FEMA can release the funds for, uh, for Mr. Banks to go ahead and rebuild that facility. Right, and, and the facility that we're discussing here, uh, it's interesting. I like to start this, explaining it by reminding people, if you remember, uh, and now you probably notice it a lot better, uh, they were launching boats behind Albertson, what was Albertson's, what's now a vacant building. Uh, after the flood, there's a huge incline there. That's correct. That you don't notice because it's sort of gradual mm-hmm. uh, on, on, on uh, Range Avenue. Down that, that hill is where the old housing authority was off to the left. Uh, of course, it flooded. There has now been sort of some proposals to do this, do that. Uh, some of them did not work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it had to be within inside the city limits, as you mentioned. And, of course, there were all sorts of regulations uh, and, and, and red tape on the HUD and FEMA side. Uh, so this seems to be the best sort of workaround uh, for the situation. Yes, it does. So the uh, so main the main criteria is when it could not be in a flood zone, it could not be in an X zone. Uh, they prefer that it didn't have any water on the on that piece of property before, and so there's all this all this criteria that we have to satisfy for for HUD to be able to approve it, or to approve the site. Now the funding is actually coming from FEMA because HUD is not in the business of building these types of facilities anymore. They're more along uh, along the lines of giving people that are in need a Section 8 voucher that they could go rent that piece of property as long as it met the criteria. But this is a, uh, a facility for elderly and handicapped, what it's always been. But since it's FEMA rebuilding it from the flood, that's why they're going to rebuild it. HUD's not building a new one. Uh, so uh, there was 52 units, if I recall, mm-hmm. 52, maybe 53, and that's exactly what they're going to replace. And so there's about a $10 million project uh, that, that's going to be... Uh, Built right there on that on this new site, hopefully, and of course that uh, hopefully you know a little bit of local investment, right? Yes, uh, buying yes. some of those materials locally, sales tax always great. Uh, so, the other part of this, of course, is is annexation, mm-hmm. and that is uh, an interesting topic here in uh, the city of Denham Springs. I know that uh, in the past there have been people, uh, especially south of the city, who have been interested in annexation, but that you know. Uh, not only is that not as easy a process, I think, as people would hope that it was, uh, but it does come with some consequences and issues. So let's first talk about the process, because I know just because y'all, uh, as a city council in a city, accepted to annex that property, it still has to go before the parish council, correct? That is correct. And that was hand-delivered to, uh, to the parish council yesterday, and they have a 45-day window 
to take action or not take action. And, and of course, at the end of 45 days, we'll know for sure. Uh, unless they choose, now if they chose to vote on it at their next council meeting and they accept it, then it's a done deal. We'll move forward. If they don't, then we'll just wait for the 45 days to expire and assume that there's no, um, no opposition. And it would just automatically happen at that point in time. Sure. So uh, the other thing that makes this unique in that uh, there's no property owners, I'm sorry, there's no residents on that property, there's no voters on that property, it's just a blank slate. And that's what, that's what makes the step a whole lot easier. Sure. Had it been something like a subdivision right outside the city limits that wanted to be annexed, then you have to go back and it has to, be, it has to go to a vote of the, of the residents there. Complicates it, really draws it out, and drags it out to the next election cycle, so we don't have to worry about that particular piece of it. Sure, uh, which I'm sure is nice for this particular project. It's, it's exactly right. So when you talk about annexation, from my business background, I always look at annexation. Okay, so if somebody wants to be annexed into the city, what are the benefits and what are the pros and cons? How much is it going to cost us to maintain streets and drainage, fire, police protection? And will will that if the property comes in, will it generate enough dollars to offset the increase? Because it will be an increase, especially if you're talking about a larger subdivision, right? Sure. So this is again, it's it's right outside the city limits already. It's actually in between District Five and, and one of our firehouses. So it's, it's 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 located in a great location, fairly close to the community that that's uh, that uh, that it was uh, located in before. So it's it's a win win for everybody. Right. I mean, it, it literally just on uh, kind of. Going through that part of the neighborhood, it's on the eastern side as opposed to the western side near Range Avenue. That's so exactly right. It makes sense. So, you know, one of the interesting things, and this is sort of a curveball theory deal that I'm going to throw out there. Um, we know that in 2013, a master plan was drawn up and adopted by resolution by the parish council. Uh, of course, they did nothing with it. The master plan has been readopted by ordinance by the parish council, but of course, they're trying to work through that right now. One of the interesting things that is specified within the master plan of the, the 2013 version is that the most responsible method of growth, and, and I'm paraphrasing, folks, please, uh, if you want to go read the, the old master plan, it's, it, it's, it's dense. Uh, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it does say that the most responsible uh, method of growth for the parish is for the, you know, basically for Watson to incorporate and Watson Walker and all, Livingston, Denham to all grow responsibly by annexation. Interested in your thoughts on that. I, obviously, the landscape has changed since 2013 drastically. Population boom, big flood, among other things. But kind of interested, you know, based on what you just talked about, there's a lot of business decisions that goes into that. I wonder if the people who had drawn up the master plan had ever talked to, uh, you know, uh, that would have been right before you were elected the first time. So Mayor Durbin at the time. Certainly. I, I don't know that they had. And I know that the city has annexed properties uh, over the last 10 or 20 years. Uh, I think parts of uh, Tate Road, parts of the other end of Rushing, because Arby's was not in the city limits at one time where the, uh, uh, at the end of, um, or behind the old and b drugstore of Rite Aid, that right. Aspen Square was right. not inside the city limits. And so uh, I think Edgewood at one time. So when all these things were incorporated into the city, they were all brought in as commercial property. Uh, last council meeting, we had to have a, uh, one, one person wanted to have their, their property rezoned from commercial back to residential, and it was on, on, uh, on Edgewood. So, uh, yes, so th it has happened. At that time, I don't know what the philosophy was. Sure. But for me, it's strictly a dollars and cents kind of a thing. We just need to make sure that it makes sense for us to do so. Sure. 
so that that going forward, uh, we'll have to wait and see what the uh, what the consensus is with the parish and what their what their plan is. Uh, you know, we don't have any great ambition to grow the city much more. Right. I just it just doesn't. Uh, it's just not something I've been interested in. Sure. Um, so if somebody can share that with me, why we should, I'm all ears. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't really specify why. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It, it just said that that would be the most responsible. You know, and things have changed at the parish since then. I, who knows? Uh, maybe it it could have been because of the way they were handling the road program at the time. I'm not real sure. Exactly. Uh, but I, I, I thought it was an interesting uh, uh, phrase, and it was applicable to what we were talking about today, so I wanted to bring it up. Certainly. Uh, so anything, uh, we got through this a little quicker than I thought we would <laughs> today, but that's okay. Uh, as as my dearly beloved likes to say all the time, brevity is a soul of wit, and I need to practice that more often. Uh, if, if Anything you'd like to add before we wrap up today? Well, I think you know, some of the things that we're talking about, as a matter of fact, at the hopefully at the next council meeting, we'll bring up... Uh, uh, some of our flood mitigation items that we need to talk about. One, and the most important would be BFE and freeboard, uh, because as we go through our process after the flood, uh, much like the much like the experience that the parish is going through currently, uh, there are some things that we need to do to make sure that we maintain our our, uh, our CRS rating. You know, we're back to an eight. Uh, we'd love to get to a seven. Uh, don't know that that we can get there soon. But one of the things that we have to do is 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 implement. BFE plus free board, and we're leaning towards BFE plus two feet. Oh, wow. Okay. And that would be, uh, uh, yeah, that's a pretty bold step. Yes. But it's something that needs to be done because if, we ha- if we're going to participate in the National Flood Insurance Program, which we have to, we don't really have a choice because the free market is not where you want to be when it comes to flood insurance. Right. And, and we did have a, a pretty extended discussion yesterday with Parish Councilman Gary Frog Talbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things he brought up is uh, the difference between the subsidized National Flood Insurance Program and the actuarial cost if you go to the private market for flood insurance, and it ain't fun. No, it's, it's, it's not a pretty thing. I've seen it because uh, I've seen some people that try to go to the private thinking they're going to save money. And they may save money the first year, but then after that, they, they have no controls. Right. At least FEMA does have, I think, a twenty percent max that they can go up or down. Yeah. In, at any given uh, year. year. In, yeah. In, so that's some sort of a safeguard. And the biggest thing about national flood insurance is that they have to renew you. Private does not have to. No. So therefore, after the flood of sixteen, some people may not have been renewed that had private. I don't think the number was very big, but uh, it but it could happen. And that's right. the sort of thing that we want to make sure that we try to capitalize on. That we do what we need to do to make sure that our citizens can number one buy it. And number one, to buy it and get a discount. You know, right, right. now, right now with a with an eight, uh, we're able to uh, uh, there. You you get a ten percent discount on your flood insurance policy because of the work that Brooke Foster and his group have done, and they've they've been very very diligent in it and continue to be. Uh, I, I just spoke to Rick just this morning to uh, to talk about the next council meeting. You probably will see. It. Don't don't hold my. It's, if you it want, if it's not the next one, it'll be the one after. But we're bringing forth the BFE plus uh, plus the free board. Right. So, and that's interesting because what he, uh, what the mayor is discussing is the CRS, which is the community rating system. Uh, it is again a very dense, wonderful piece of literature. Uh, I, I don't know why I put myself through this, but I, I've read it. Uh, I've had many conversations with Mr. Rick Foster about it. Uh, it's it it is interesting the way it's developed. It, it's kind of put together as you know, there's there's about eight different sections that have everything to do with 
ordinances like your, um, mm-hmm. you know, base flood elevation plus, which is free board, sure. all the way to community outreach. And they kind of try to give you this playbook to sort of ease through it and try to work your way up in each sector. Right now, the best community, um, I don't, the most adoptive community, let's put it that way, is Jefferson Parish. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a five. So that's, wow. That's interesting. Um, so, you know, like community outreach is some of the things that we have to do. Pamphlets, we have a, a table full of uh, pamphlets, brochures educational material right inside City Hall, but also like at Fall Fest this past weekend in fr- on the sidewalk in front of City Hall, we actually had a model set up out there where, where the kids could, we could start, the kids could learn what types of things they can do to stop the water. And they were actually had clay, they had water, cups of water. We had uh, Maika and CJ and, and, uh, and Rick and, uh, and Steve out there working with the kids to show them how they could, in effect, build a wall around the house. Right, and they were given little toys if they were. They all got toys, but <laughs> the whole the whole boys they could build something that worked, and they would get a little gift for it. So got to make sure they stay incentivized, right? <laughs> well, whatever it takes, but but you have to start the process somewhere. You have to keep. You have to start when they're when they're young, but to to plant the seed, so that as they go through life, they start to realize, oh wait a minute, I need to do this. Much like our last three discussions about drainage. <laughs> I was actually, I was going to be very snarky after we got done. I was going to say, we just can't avoid it. We, we're well, we're going to talk about it at it, least once. It is, hard to, it is hard to not talk about it because it is still on everybody's mind. We're still suffering from post-traumatic flood syndrome. Every time it rains, we still worry about it, okay? And we should. We need to be aware of it until we can get everything done. I don't know, if they, I don't know that we'll ever get to that point. But let's hope that we can make some significant improvements as we go forward with federal dollars that we can spend appropriately and have the drainage situations in our areas taken care of. But it does start where the rubber meets the road. It does start in that ditch in your front yard. And it does make a difference. It does. I will tell you, for all the years that you and I have been talking about it, I can see a difference because I can see a difference how? Because my phone doesn't ring as bad as it used to when it rings. I don't get the text messages as bad as I used to. I get legitimate pictures about issues, and we go resolve them. Yeah. So that's that's encouraging to know that we can make a difference. Absolutely, and I mean that's part of the deal is like when you hit a point like the flood, it's sort of a flashpoint where suddenly you realize it's not just big problems, as you've said, but it's little problems too. Certainly, it's not just about the big picture, and being able to go address those little things as they crop up, uh, it, it it starts to create a bigger picture of mm-hmm. a, of a better scenario. And, and so the feedback that we get from our citizens, you know, some politicians are afraid, oh, my gosh, what, what do they want or what do they want to talk about? It's okay. It's a problem. And we get paid to solve those problems. Right. And we just do the best that we can with the resources that we have. Right. Right. And if we don't have the resources, then we try to figure out a way to get more money or to, to tap into some other, some other vehicles so that we can make it happen. So uh, we talked annexation and drainage. Couldn't avoid it. Good. But <laughs> not, it was not the crux of the conversation today. We'll put it that way. So. Again, I always enjoy sitting down uh, with the mayor of Denham Springs. Why don't you outroduce yourself, if you will? I'm Mayor, mayor Gerard Landry of the city of Denham Springs. That's a, uh, again, I call it paradise on earth, right? <laughs> Seven and a half square miles right here on the western side of Livingston Parish. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys joining us today and watching. I do want to reiterate what the mayor said. We do see a lot of people uh, interacting with the stories we tell about personal responsibility with drainage. We know that there are big problems, uh, but that garbage flows downstream. It does. So it is important. Uh, and, and even garbage in terms of leaves, limbs, all this, all these other things. So we appreciate. We, I remember when I ran that story that was three years ago in 2018 about picking up your garbage. And the first time we had a big spring rain or we knew it was coming – 
all these people were posting on Facebook, you know, we cleaned up our yard, you clean up yours. It was it was good to see. So uh, it was good to get that message out. But that's why I always like sitting down with you as well. We always find a story that uh, we never really would have either thought of on our own. So. Would you, well, here, look, I was working in my yard Sunday. guy pedals by on his bicycle, pulls up in my yard, comes all the way across the yard, and says, you know what I need? I just need the city's help because I can't quite get all the leaves and the, and the growth that has happened on my neighbor's culvert right at the edge of my property. You think you guys can come by? I said, remind me on Monday we get the guys to come by. There you go. So, you know, it's a, it's a group effort, right? It is. And right. and George is right there at the front of it. He tries. So I want to remind <laughs> you, folks. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I uh, want to remind you guys that we are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. If you're watching this on Facebook, but you want to get them quicker, we do upload these shows to anchor.fm. You can go find us there. It's also on all your podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We appreciate one more time you guys joining us today, and we will see you next time.